everybody, and welcome to the next episode of the HMA Fantasy Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number 31, and uh, we are coming at you with the next quarterfinal of our, our matchups for this round. Um, and it's going to be a good one, man. We got the number two seed, 2013, versus the number 10 seed, 2007. Um, looking at this before, it's it's going to be a, a really fun one. There's a lot of really good matches to get into talking about. So uh, we'll go ahead and get into it. But as always, I'm joined by a, a host of other of other hosts, a host of hosts, if you will. Um, we'll, we'll go down the line and see how everybody's doing today. Got a lot of different backgrounds than usual. Um, but Earl, fresh haircut. I love it. How are you doing today? I'm feeling great, man. It's my first haircut since uh, the whole quarantine deal. My hair is longer than probably the <laughs> last time. I, I probably was 15 the last time my hair was that long. So I'm feeling good, looking good, ready to ready to play good today. All right. Uh, Seth, looks like you're in a cabin in the woods or something. What's going on, man? Exactly, man. Yeah, I'm up north now with the family here for for a week here. And yeah, we rented out a spot up north doing some fishing, getting on the boat and uh, getting some sun. So yeah, yeah, gonna be gonna be a nice week. Very cool. Jack, how'd the morning run go? Uh, It was good. It was good. Um, No, no disasters here. Nothing nothing yet. Nothing yet. Wow. All right. And our special guest today, Mr. Tony Ramos. How you doing, Tony? If you can hear us, we might have lost connection. Um, but we'll get back to him. And as soon as he gets back to us, we'll we'll check in with Tony and see how he's doing. Um, but I'm sure he's getting, you know, a bunch of his wrestlers ready. He's got uh, the the rumble on the rooftop today. So J.O.'s competing today. I'm sure he's, he's excited about that one. Um, man, I'm excited to see that card tonight. Did, I was just talking about uh about it with Jack before. Um, did any of you other guys, I guess Seth, did you see the UFC fight last night? I didn't. The connection up here, I couldn't I couldn't really run it very well. So I'm surprised Zoom's working so well right now. But yeah, it's been a little been a little bit of a rough network connection. But yeah, how'd it go? Was it pretty crazy? Oh, dude, that main event last I heard, night. I heard Dustin's match was was insane. It was the best fight I've ever seen. Really, dude. He, I, I love watching him. He always just start to finish is just yeah throwing haymakers, freaking going after it, and he needs to learn how to sprawl. Though the dude got taken down <laughs> about six times. It was ridiculous. Really, I was yeah, wondering to win. So, yeah. So did he? He lost like the first two rounds, right, and then kind of stormed back. Yeah, I mean, he was just demolishing his face. He had like a seventy-five percent um, accuracy rating on his head. Jeez. It's crazy. That's why. <laughs> That's well, it's just, it was so cool because literally every single round, there was multiple times where these dudes were just standing and just going at it. And like, you yeah. thought somebody was, you're like, there's no way that we're going to make it five rounds. Somebody's going down and they made it. So yeah, that was crazy. Wow. I thought, uh, I think it was like the second <laughs> round. I thought, I thought Poirier was going out. I think it was the second round when he had him up against the cage and was just, yeah. Oh man. Got saved by the bell a little bit there, but I think we got Tony. So how you doing, Tony? I'll do it. Awesome. Just hanging out. Awesome, man. Um, you said you're up in Iowa doing some training camps. 
Yeah, I got a youth camp going on right now up here in Davenport. So, got a session starting up here uh, this afternoon. Very cool. Well, we're excited to have you on, man. Real, uh, Thank you. Real cool. Uh, but we'll we'll go ahead and, and look at the bracket again. Um, Tony, if you are not aware of what we've been doing, what we've been doing is an NCAA champions duel. Um, you know, we're we're just a bunch of board wrestling fans, so um, we we throw random stuff together and talk about it. Uh, but we took just to to make an even sixteen man bracket. We went over the last sixteen years and seated the NCAA champion teams. So if you took the 10 NCAA champions every year, threw them in a dual team, um, and then we, we seeded those teams according to, you know, champions by year, All-American honors, Hodge Trophy, um, and all that kind of stuff. They got certain points for, for certain things. And we came up with this bracket, and then we've been going through and just, you know, talking duels and matchups and having a good time doing it. So... We're uh we're sitting here at our, our third quarterfinal matchup now. We have 2013 versus 2007, and uh, it's gonna be a good one, man. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, All right. Yeah, Tony, your 2014 team choked, man. They're three seed. Who we lose to? 2004 by one point. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there was probably some collusion. I think that I've uh. I've been on the, the bad end of a bunch of collusion with Jack and Earl over the last couple of episodes. <laughs> oh, man. That you one came down to the tiebreaker, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that one actually did. It came down to a tiebreaker. It was a tie duel, 15 to 15. And uh, we had to go uh, to our tiebreaker, which was we picked we picked a weight that was the most we, – we had to do like a runner-up battle. Right, so we wanted to take two runner-ups against each other, and so we had to pick the weight that we thought was the most like even matchup between runner-ups, and uh, talk about it. It was freshman Askren versus Howe, right? You think, I think so? That's what we did. That's what we did. It was it was a cool one, man. But well, I mean, let's just go ahead and get into this thing. Or actually, before we get into this thing, uh, I see you know you got your your UNC shirt on over there. Um, how are you? Are you excited about the rumble on the rooftop tonight and watching JL wrestle? Yeah, um, it's going to be good. I'm actually not going to be there, but uh, I, I think I asked a couple years ago for Beat the Streets of Chicago uh, to do some type of event in Chicago, kind of like they do at uh, Beat the Streets of New York. You know, to me, Chicago is one of the best cities in the world. Uh, it's got a beautiful skyline. Um, it's a little cleaner than New York City. Uh, they, they did a better job of making the alleys with the trash. So, you know, the streets are, are a little cleaner. Um, and they had, they had always told me, like, yeah, we got something coming. We got something coming. And I was hoping that it would at least happen before I retired uh, just so I could compete, you know, back home uh, in front of the Chicago skyline at night. So I'm pretty excited about it. It's going to be cool, I think at nighttime when the whole city's lit up and they're resting up on top of that parking garage and you see that all in the background. So I think it's going to be a pretty cool atmosphere. That's an absolutely sick setup they have. It looks so cool. I'm really yeah, excited. I saw some of those that. pictures. That's going to be so sweet. Yeah. So how do you think the, how do you think the J.O. Nolf match is going to go or what are, what are you seeing with that? 
it's going to be interesting. Uh, at first, you know, people probably think Jordan might be a little undersized, um, but I know how big Jordan gets, so I don't think that's going to be an issue at all. Um, and it's it's almost two totally different styles. Uh, so it, yeah. it, it'll be a fun one. I'm interested to see if how Noel translates to uh, freestyle. I know he's done it a couple times. Um, so it, it'll be pretty fun to see. You know, Jordan's unique. Noel's pretty unique. I think we're really going to see, you know, is Jordan going to kind of get to his low singles and get underneath him and get in some of those scramble situations, or is he going to use more of a slide buys? Uh, so it, it'll, be a, it'll be a little chess match, I think. Yeah, for sure. Besides, did, did y'all see? Oh, I was gonna say, did y'all see uh, uh, Jordan and uh, Downey's clip yesterday? <laughs> yeah, that, that was wild. Yeah, wow. Well, uh, Downey. That was yeah, that was really cool. Uh, besides the Jo match, what uh, what other matches are you looking forward to? Um, the Richards and Sanders one, I think, will be pretty good. Um, Zane looks like he's pretty small right now, so I think they're going to be pretty close to around the same weight. So I think that'll be a good one. I was looking forward to see Palacio wrestle again, but then I saw he's not on the card anymore. So uh, I know Ness and I think Ness are four wrestling. I think that'll that'll be another pretty good one. Ness is always exciting. Um, Nestor just keeps getting better as he's been training at the NYRTC and with Kendall Cross and those guys. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. And it's, man, it's the first time we're getting to see wrestling in, what, since Big Tens, I guess? Or, you know, the conference weekend, I guess I should say. Big Tens, ACCs, Big Twelves, all that kind of stuff. Um, man, I'm, I'm just excited to actually see some wrestling going on. And I'm happy they got together and, and are doing it and are not, you know, being crazy about weight and all that kind of stuff, but just going out and scrapping. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch, man. But let's go ahead and get into this thing and and get talking about these matchups. And so our duel that we have today is gonna be the number two uh, 2013 NCAA champion team versus the number 10 2007 team. And so looking at these two lineups, um, I guess before we get into it, we'll just give kind of a a slow or, or you know go through our lineups and who we got. Um, and so who has the 2013 team again? I do. Awesome. Tell us about it all. <clears throat> all right. Jesse Delgado from Illinois, Logan Steber, Ohio State, Kendrick Maple, Oklahoma, Jordan Oliver, Oklahoma State, Derek St. John of Iowa, Kyle Dake of Cornell, Chris Perry, Oklahoma State, Ed Ruth, Penn State, Quentin Wright, Penn State, and Tony Nelson from Minnesota. Awesome. On the other end, 2007, Jack, tell us. Yeah, so uh, Paul Donahoe, Matt Valenti, Derek Moore, Gregory Gillespie, Trent Paulson, Mark Perry, uh, Ben Askren, Jake Herbert, Josh Glenn, Cole Conrad. Man, this is a uh, is this is gonna be fun. I think when we first when we initially did uh, the first round, two thousand and seven was the ten seed, and they upset the seven seed, and so we kind of thought like, all right, they skated by; they're probably not gonna get too much further. Um, but when I looked at this duel, man, there's there's some really good matchups here. Um, and I think I mean I think 2007's favored in, a, in many of them. Um, but 
when I was looking at matchups kind of to start with, to end with, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, 65 through 84, I think is pretty awesome. Um, I don't know. Where, where do you guys want to start and end at? I would say 97 as far as starting, but. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. So is everybody cool starting at 97? Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Um, okay. Well, we'll just go ahead and kick it off. 197 pounds. Quentin Wright of Penn State versus Josh Glenn of American. Um, Jack, tell us who's Josh Glenn of American in 2007. What's his, his resume like? Yeah, so this was his second All-American. Um, he was fourth in 2006 as the number one seed uh, in the weight, um, getting upset by the champ, Shane Webster in the semis and then he was the champ this year in 2007 pinning Craig Bresser pinning Chris Weidman and then beating Kurt Backus en route to the final or to the championship that's a that's a pretty pretty good route to the finals um or to the championship I should say on the other end Earl tell us about Quentin Wright in 2013 all right this was his senior year four-time All-American going 6-1-2-1 um, in the quarters here, he pinned Scott Schiller. He got by uh, Matt Wilps in the tiebreaker 4-3, and then he beats Dustin Kilgore 8-6 to finish the year undefeated at 32-0. Yeah, that – man, that score, that 8-6 score does not tell how the match was. You yeah, know, he, he had dominated this, it. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't remember what the score was off the top of my head, but that just doesn't sound right because he just beat up on him for the whole match. Um, but, I mean, l- let's go ahead and jump into this thing. Seth, what are you thinking about, about this matchup? Um, I think, I think uh, I'm going Quentin right in this one. I think that he beat a lot of good dudes, and he was always up there. He Even coming out as a freshman, he was super solid, and he just continued to get a little bit better. And, um. Yeah, I mean, an undefeated senior season here. I think I'm going Quentin Wright for the match. Awesome. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go the same way. Um, I, I don't only know, you know, what I could find about Josh Glenn and a few matches I could watch, but um, I think it'd be a harder decision for me if this was maybe sophomore year Quentin Wright. Um, but, you know, this senior version of Quentin just was dominant when he needed to be right. We always talk about Quentin maybe having a little trouble during the season, but then in the off season, he really, really turned it on. Um, was always kind of a lower seated guy that that busted through and just beat everybody up. Um, And like I said, that eight to six does not tell the story of that finals. He, uh, he beat on him pretty, pretty good for the whole match. Um, So I'm going to go Quentin Wright as well. Uh, Earl, what did you think? Yeah, I think Quentin Wright, the guys that gave him the most trouble were the defensive guys like a Steve Bosack and Wilps, uh, guys that you know didn't do a whole lot offensively. Um, and you saw Kilgore was always forward pressure, and that played into him with his underhooks, his throwbys, stuff like that. So I think Josh Glenn would kind of be similar. Uh, so I'd go with Quentin Wright as well. Awesome. Tony, what do you think about this one? <clears throat> I definitely got Quentin Wright. Um, he's a guy that I always had a lot of respect for. Um, he was really freaking tough. He was dangerous, too. He could pin guys in a lot of different ways. You know, he was a guy who would go up a body with you. He'd score from his underhooks. He'd get to your legs. Uh, he had a lot of tools, you know, to go out there and make things happen. 
Um, so yeah, I would definitely take Quentin right here. Uh, like you said, I remember that finals match, and I don't remember the score being eight six. I thought it was a lot more than that. For sure. Yeah, I just that that underhook's just ridiculous that he had, man. Um, Seth, are you you with us, or what are you thinking? Or actually, it's are you Jack. Seth? Jack, you yeah. mean Jack? Jack. <laughs> I got Quentin right as well. I think that. The way that he reacted in that finals match, whenever Kilgore tried to do something, he would uh, use his counter offense and score. I just thought that was super elite um, and could translate over to any style, not just the big guys. Awesome. So are we thinking, is it going to be a decision or are we getting any kind of bonus points? I got decision. I just got decision. a decision for me. Cool. All right. Um, so 2013 is going to take the lead three to nothing. Uh, and we'll keep it going down to 285 pounds where we have a battle of the Gophers. Tony Nelson, 2013 versus Cole Conrad of 2007. Um, I know Jack's a huge Cole Conrad fan, so start us off. Yeah, so this was his senior year, uh, his second national title, um, he, and his third finals appearance. In 2006, he beat Kane Velasquez and Steve Mako um, to win it. And then in 2007, he dominated his way through the tournament, getting a fall in a minute and 53 seconds against Aaron and Spatch, I want to say, from Penn State in the finals. All right. On the other end, uh, Earl, Tony Nelson. This is uh, sophomore Tony Nelson. He was seventh as a freshman. Uh, this year he beats Gerard Trice, one nothing in the quarters. Then uh, Alan Galagaya from Oklahoma State, 5-4 in the semis. In the finals, he beats Mike McMullen, 6-2. Um, he beat McMullen in the Big Tens that year as well, and he was 32-2. and two. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I'm going to have to hear you guys' thoughts on this one. Tony, I guess we'll kick it to you first. See, what do you think about these guys? I'm going with Cole Conrad on this one all day. Um, you know, Tony Nelson learned from Cole Conrad. That's that's his pupil. Uh and there's not a lot of guys who can go out there and beat up Mako like Cole Conrad has done sometimes. Um, that guy's a – he's a monster, and he's a pinner too. I wouldn't be surprised if he put up bonus points in that match. Yeah, I think that definitely plays into account here is, is we're talking senior Cole Conrad that just blew through everybody and, like you said, pinned everybody. Um, whereas, you know, Tony had some good wins, but definitely – at least in this stage of his career, or probably ever, a, uh, a win over Mako, I think, is a way better win than Tony Nelson might have had in his career. Um, so we had, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with Cole Conrad as well. Um, and, yeah, yeah. I, I think maybe maybe bonus. So maybe a major I'm going to throw out there. What do you think, Seth? Uh, I got Cole Conrad for sure. He was just unbelievable. He was dominant. Like I said, yeah, I, got, I went to the Gopher duels and ever came down to heavyweight. We knew he was getting the pin. Um, yeah, so he was just dominant. I think Tony Nelson was squeaking out a lot of matches. He knew how to win. He found a way. He rode guys out to win where Mako just freaking dropped them on their heads and got the job done. So I'm going Cole Conrad, and I'll throw out the pin, man. I'll throw out the pin here. I'll All second right. it. I'll go Conrad by pin. Oh, wow. You know I'm a huge right, fan. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Earl. Which way are we going with this one? Yeah, I'm definitely going Conrad. And uh, yeah, why not? Let's go with Pin. Oh, man. All right, we got a pin. Oh, <laughs> man. Six pointer. Starting it off. Starting it off strong. Starting things off hot. Oh, man. All right. Well, Cole Conrad gets the pin. Um, 
and, and we'll circle back around to the top and, and hit is it Jesse Delgado versus Paul Donahoe. So, uh, Earl, start us off with Jesse, Del, Jesse Delgado. All right, this is sophomore Jesse Delgado, the two seed. Um, he was a two-time All-American at this point. Uh, in the quarters, he beats Nathan Kreiser 10-7. Uh, Nishan Garrett, 10-5 in the semis. Then Nico Megaludis in the finals, 7-4. He also beat Matt McDonough in the Big Ten finals to win his uh, first of two Big Ten titles and was 30-2 and on the year. Man, all right. And the other end of things, Jack Philson on Paul Donahoe. Yes, yeah, so this was Donahoe's sophomore season. Um, he was the sixth seed. He beat three-time All-American Tanner Gardner, and then he beat uh, national champ Troy Nickerson, and then the best to never win it, Sam Hayeswinkle, to take the title um, after being majored by Sam Hayeswinkle two weeks before at Big 12. Yeah, you're still upset about that. I'm still. not upset. I just know I'm right. You're not right. Tony, who's the best to never win it? All right. So, oh, oh man, I don't know. That's a tough one there. Um, <laughs> I'd really have to go back and look because there's been some good guys that have not won titles. Yeah. You know, Mike Zadek always crosses my mind. Uh, it's tough. So we did a, a bracket right before this, and we went back 20 years. So we did nothing before 2000, um, but went back 20 years and put all the, the best dudes that we, we could find that didn't win it in a bracket and went through. And uh, Sam Hayeswinkle was the one seed in our bracket, but uh, – he got upset by John Tringe in the quarters, and uh, John Tringe won the whole thing for us. So, yeah. Who was in the finals? Tringe uh, and Mac Lunas. The Lunas other side of the bracket. Too. Lunas was, was very good. Yeah, yeah we, that, that right side of the bracket was not. The left that. side of the bracket somehow ended up being way tougher. Like, Tringe went through Poeta and Hayeswinkle. Um, Gilman was on that side. Simmons. Pretty legit. Yeah, yeah, Nick Simmons. Yeah, well, you, uh, you can cry about it all you want, Jack, but it's over and you lost. And lose. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, so we, we got in a little bit about Jesse Delgado and a little bit about Paul Donahoe. Um, Earl, what do you think about this matchup and, and how do you see it going? Yeah, uh, this one, especially at this point in time, would be uh, kind of – Kind of interesting because uh, Donahoe, especially right here as a sophomore, wasn't, you know, the most offensive guy in the world. And, you know, we know kind of how Jesse Delgado wrestled as well. So I'd imagine it'd be a pretty low scoring bout. Um, you know, Donahoe was able to get it done with wins over guys like Sam and Troy Nickerson. Uh, but at the same time, Delgado's brackets were no joke either. Um, I have to go with Delgado, just because of his kind of craftiness, his scrambling, his the things he could do, uh, you know, counter offense, defense, stuff like that. So I'll go with him like one point match. Yeah. Uh, Tony, have you wrestled either of these guys? Oh, yeah. I trained with Donahoe. So Donahoe came to the HWC uh, right after he graduated for a couple years. Um, and then 2016, I trained with Delgado a little bit before trials. Oh. Uh, this is definitely going to be a close match, like Earl said. The one thing that I think – I wouldn't say people forget about Donahoe, but the reason he was able to have so much success in his career is that dude was so good on top. Um, he could ride. He was tough on top. He could turn people. And 
I think he won a couple of those matches in that tournament just, you know, from ride-in and ride-outs and overtime. Um, but then when you look at Delgado, it brings me back. The, the match I always remember that year is Big Ten Finals. Uh, when he wrestled McDonough, he was all over McDonough's legs, um, scoring points, getting takedowns. Um, almost made didn't even make it look closer, like it was a, a match at all. Um, and I remember that one very clearly. And that you go back to what Earl said, uh, Donahoe wasn't very offensive. So I think that was this match would come down to the guy who was willing to take more risk. And I think you're going to see Delgado. Uh, get to the legs more often and kind of negate Donahoe getting on top and getting those turns and getting that riding time. Um, so I I think I would go Delgado here. Yeah. Uh, Jack, what do you think? I think if it stays close and goes into tiebreakers, I I don't really recall a time when Donahoe lost in tiebreakers. Um, so I'll go Donahoe here, especially if it's super close. I feel like he always pulled out the really, really tight ones. All right. Yeah. I'll Jack. Yeah, I was actually. Steph. I'm going. I'm going Donahoe too. Uh, I I think that same thing. I think that it would be extremely close match. Um, but I think that the Matt wrestling Donahoe would win the match for him and get on top at some point and get a ride out to to win. I think they're pretty even on their feet for the most part. So I got Donahoe. Yeah, he beat Nickerson in tiebreakers and then Hayeswinkle in sudden victory. So his last two matches of the tournament were overtime. Yeah, well, thanks for leaving it to me. This is this is real fun. That's uh, why I made sure to butt, butt in and uh, get mine out there before you did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm gonna have to go Delgado, um, and, and the reason for that is like I, I kind of I agree with what Tony was saying. Is I I tend to favor the more offensive guy, um, and especially in the situation where I. I do get what you're saying and I can definitely see there being problems with Donahoe on top. Um, but it, I, I have a trouble picking him like for the chance that he gets on top. Right. I think that um, he would have to get there. It's not necessarily a position that they're going to be in for sure. Um, and I think that Delgado is a little bit, maybe a little bit better offensively and in the scramble positions and, um, I just think that there's there's more lanes to victory for Delgado for me, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take Delgado, and uh, and hopefully piss Jack and Seth off a little bit because I really get some, I, I get pleasure out of that, uh, for sure. Uh, so basically, you base your pick off of pissing people off, huh? No, I, yeah, I base that's my real cool, Jacob. Your wrestling exactly integrity is at stake. You apparently turned your ears off while I was talking because I explained no, my pick, no. um, but. It, it was just an added bonus that it might tick you off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Jesse Delgado, uh, we all got a close match. It definitely would be it'd be a fun one to see, man. Um, but Delgado gets the win for 2013, and, and we'll keep moving. So 133 pounds, Tony's old weight class, um, Jack's weight class in his fatter days, and, and Seth <laughs> also. <laughs> Those days are look like they're there now. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah we won't talk about it <laughs> okay matt valenti you're <laughs> a three-time all-american uh two-time champ at this point beating mac Ryder in the quarters daryl vasquez in the semis and then coleman scott in the finals uh the year before he beat chris Flieger in the finals as the sixth seed that's a 
that's a good run right there. Um, but on the other end, we've got Logan Steber and Earl. Tell us about Logan Steber in 2013. Right, this yeah, is who he beat in the finals, Earl? I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Crap, this is that year. Earl, what? Did you legitimately just bring Tony on for this reason? I thought, I thought he could. He's just wrong. Some, some good okay, Tony, I've stuff. been through it already. <laughs> uh, so, Steve, second, <laughs> second national title this year. He, he, uh, he tacked Cody Brewer in the quarter, 17 to 1. He texts AJ Shop in the semis, 18 to 2. Um, he, they had that controversial final. Uh, Tony locked the cradle up, didn't get any backs. But uh, Logan won seven four. I watched that again on ESPN, and you got you got screwed. You oh, got I don't screwed. know. We'll, I should have held on to it longer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, what what are your thoughts on it? If you don't, if you don't mind talking about it, on this match or our match? What do you mean? This uh oh, are you that, about your your match, match your Logan finals, or the match right here. Yeah, your finals, your match. Um, you know, I knew going into the match uh, at Big Tens, I was able to keep it a close match and um, get into overtime. So, you know, I knew that not not that there was a a concern or maybe a fear, but I knew that he knew um, I could threaten him in, in, in some areas, and that my defense was good enough to keep it. To, to keep me in the match. Um, but going into it, I knew if I was going to win, I was going to have to take a little bit more risk than I ever had. Uh, and I think that's, you know, those, the first period, that's kind of what opened me up a little bit more and um, got him into those positions to get a couple takedowns. But it also is what gave me the opportunity that I had in that match to get to that single where he rolled underneath and catch that cradle. Um, you know, I don't look back on it and say, oh, you got screwed. You did this, you that. Because if you got a cradle locked up on someone, you better freaking put them away. You know, that's that's a pin any day of the week if you keep your hands locked. And any other time I got to a cradle in almost any other match, I put guys away. So I, I put that one on myself too. Um, but, you know, it was fun. I didn't have any regrets that year. I remember the year before after I took third and lost to Logan in the semis, uh, I wouldn't say I had a lot of regrets, but I felt like there was a lot more I could have done through the year training-wise. And then in that junior year, I felt like I had put everything into it and what had happened had happened and it was time to move forward. Yeah. Well, I mean, it ended up working out pretty well for you the next year. So, it, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was good. All corrects itself. man. Okay, so I got to ask while you're on here. We've talked about it several times because we've had you – you know, we've had your name pop up, obviously, on a couple of these rosters – um, that we've talked about over the past couple of projects. That's stared out. Yeah, I'm just glad it didn't pop up on the uh, best never win it one. That was always one of my fears. This, that's true. We're happy 42 on that one. Definitely pulling for you. Um, but that stare down you had right before the finals in 2014, can you walk us through that? <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I don't remember it. Uh, everyone Man. says that we were standing there for like five or six minutes and I just remember the crowd, you know, getting louder as the time went on. But that's all I remember about it. And, uh, I was just focused and ready to go. You know, I knew um, that I had a really big mental edge over Graf. Uh, every time we wrestled, I wouldn't say he found ways to kind of blow the match or lose the match. I, I think more so he, he just 
there was something there where after after I had beat him, uh, I think it was my junior year maybe, that he, he just really had a tough time wrestling me in my style. Um, so that was, I was ready. I was pretty confident I was going to win. Yeah. I don't know who else was there. If any of you other guys was, were there in 2014, but that stare down was awesome, man. It really was. It sucks <laughs> yeah, that you don't remember it. <laughs> yeah, it but, uh, yeah, it definitely kept getting louder and louder, but it was jacked and ready to go for that. Um, but we do have a match that we haven't even talked about. So Logan Stever, Matt Valenti, um, Seth, what do you think, what do you see going on here with this? I think this is a fairly, fairly close match, actually. I don't, I mean, I think Stever gets it done, but I don't think he goes out there and puts up bonus points on Valenti. Valenti was really good and um, beat a lot of good dudes in his time, but Stever was also, you know, four-time champ, goes on to be a four-time champ, and really, he just, he found ways to win at the national tournament, and I think he, he finds a way to win against Matt Valenti. Yeah. How about you, Earl? Yeah, these guys are both probably uh, best on the mat. Uh, Valenti, both of his NCAA finals got reversals. Um, so I don't know if Stever's turning him necessarily, but uh, I do think it is Logan. It's not a major or anything, but uh, you know, he wins comfortably, I think. Was this – I can't remember if I'm, I'm mixing up names or not, but Earl, you would know. Was Valenti the guy that – won two NCAA titles with no takedowns in yes. the two matches. Yeah. Yep. No yeah. takedowns in either of his NCAA final wins. Man. I think they're a... both rehearsals, his big, uh, his big points against Coleman and uh, uh, who did he beat this year? They beat Coleman. Well, he beat Chris Coleman Lieger. this yeah. year. Chris Lieger is junior year. Yeah. I, you know, taking that into account, I think it's going to be really hard for him to get the win doing something similar to that. I mean, I, I don't see – I don't, I don't see the reversal on Steber here, and I, I definitely see Steber winning on the feet. So I'm going to go, yeah, close win for Steber. Um, and, Jack, what do you think? Man, I'm sick of picking against Valenti. I feel like we haven't chosen him yet to win. But, I mean, you got to whenever he matches up with Steber pretty much every time, or at least it feels like. Um, I mean, Steber is one of the best guys to do it. So give me Steber. Yeah. Tony, have you ever wrestled Valenti? Never wrestled Valenti, but I wrestled Logan a lot. <laughs> yeah, I purposely didn't ask about that one. <laughs> um, my take's going to be a little different than I think everyone else's. And just because I've had experience with it. Logan, I would personally say, is the best Matt wrestler ever to come through uh, wrestling. And there's been a lot of good guys. Um, now, would this be the first time that Valenti and Steber met up if it was the NCAA finals or would you, how, how do you guys view it? Um, I mean, just for purposes of this, I mean, we're, I, yeah, first time yeah, I'd say. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you the first time I met Steber, I got turned. If you've never been under the guy and you've never felt it and you, you don't have a chance mm -hmm. to figure it out, that guy's turning every single one of those guys. Um, and he, that's the only time he ever majored me was the first time he wrestled. So for me, it's hard not to pick bonus points for him. I know Valenti was really good. Um, Logan is super good on his feet. He's super good on top. He has a lot of different ways he can score. Um, so I'm definitely going Logan and I would even go and say bonus points. 
So what are you talking about with, you know, obviously him being one of the best on top. What, what was it that, that he was catching you with? Like what, what happened? So it took me a while to figure it out. It didn't take a while to figure it out. It took a while to get out from underneath because Logan was a guy who was almost like an anaconda where the more you moved, the tighter it got and the more you were putting yourself on your back. Um, a lot of guys, when they crab ride or when they, you know, claw ride, whatever it may call, they try and force you into the position. He waited for you to make that little mistake, and then, man, he clamped on you tight, and you're on your back, and you're just kind of stuck there. Um, so it took me a while to figure out that I had to do less to actually get out from underneath them um, and stay more disciplined and kind of wait for my opening. And when you talk about Valenti, who would, you know, get reversals and stuff, I think he's going to – get to a position where he tries to go for a reversal and Logan puts him right on his freaking back. Yeah, definitely could happen. All right, so we got we got bonus points from Tony. Anybody else got bonus? Are we sticking with the decision? I'm a little uh, up in the air yeah, now. He kind of sold me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go bonus. <laughs> I'm gonna right. I'm gonna say it's like a seven point match, so we stay in the decision range. But I think it's close. I think that that's true. I think even even for me, I was a pretty good top wrestling guy, and I think the first time I wrestled guys was my always my time where I'd really put it on with the turn. So I agree with that. I, I'll stick with the decision, but I think it'd be close. Earl, are you sticking with the decision? Or are you going major? Yeah, that was pretty convincing. Um... I, yeah, I could, I could go with, I could go with major. I'll, I'll go with that. Awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we got a major for, for Logan Stebra over Matt Valenti. Um, and I'll, I'll write that down and we'll get going. Um, but Logan Stebra takes the win here and uh, we'll kick it down to 141 pounds where Jack is going to fill us in on Derek Moore from Cal Davis. Yeah. So this was Derek Moore's only, time All-Americaning. Uh, he was the champ in 2007, being Kyle Terry, Michael Keefe, Nathan Morgan, and then teching the one seed, Ryan Lang, in the finals. Um, this was also Darian Caldwell's breakout tournament, and we mentioned it last time, but go check out his match with Ryan Lang. It will be the most fun two minutes you've ever had. Yeah, it's an absolute battle, just throwing each other for two minutes, and I, man, yeah, that was definitely a fun one. I'd never seen that one before, and Jack texted to texted it to us the other day, and it was really cool. So definitely go watch that. Um, but on the other end, we got Kendrick Maple from Oklahoma. Earl Phillison. Uh, this is uh, junior Kendrick Maple, second uh, time All American. He beats uh, Mark Balwig here in the quarters, twelve three. He beats Oogie from the Citadel, four nothing in the semis, and Mitchell Port four three in the finals. Um, the number one seed here was Hunter Stieber, who Port beat in the uh, semis, and Maple finished the year 31-0. and All right. Man, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know on this one. I mean, Kendrick Maple had such a dominant year, and then on the other end, Derek Moore has a tech fall over the one seed in the finals. So. I can jump in on this one. Go for it. All right. So, I know I said that Stieber was one of the best guys in top. Um, when you look at Derek Moore, that dude can freaking turn a lot of people's too. Um, but then you go and look at Kendrick Maple, and he beat Port, right? Yeah. Mitchell Port was tough on top also. Um, he he kept 
his match with Logan close because he was a really good mat wrestler. Um, and that's kind of where, when I sit here and I look at it, I think Kendrick Maple is going to negate some of what Derek Moore would have done to him on top, um, where it's going to come down to a match on their feet. And I don't remember how good Moore was on his feet. I just remember him getting on top of Lang and really turning him up and getting that tech fall pretty quick. Uh, I, I'd i have to go Maple. He beat a lot of good guys. Uh, he was really tough, good on, good on the mat. Now, I don't think Moore would have got on top of him and really turned him up like he did to some of these people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Jack, what do you think? Um, I like Moore. Um, he was really scrambling on his feet, um, had trick knees, that sort of thing. And, uh, I mean, I just still admire the, the top wrestling, so I'm going to go with the, the legger. Is there a little, uh, little bias there? Oh, 100%. <laughs> Always got to go with the leg riding guy. Uh-huh. Um, all right, well, good. We got, we got disagreement already. So, uh, Seth, what do you think? Um, I got Kendrick Maple in this one. I think that, like, like Tony was saying, I think that Moore was good on top. I think that Maple would be prepared for that, right, going into a finals match. And he, he was a good game planner. He always went out and executed and found ways to win. And he was just – he was so good on his feet that I think that he, he, he beats up on more pretty handily on the feet and wins this match. Yeah. All right, Earl, what do you think? Yeah, I think Maple, Maple on his feet can uh, negate more on the mat here. So I'll go with Maple. Awesome. Yeah, I'll pick Maple as well. Um, it, I mean, it, it's kind of the same as what I was saying for 125 is um, – I think the path to victory for Moore is definitely on top getting turns and Maple has a little bit uh, more he can do um, to get that win. And, you know, it kind of cuts down Jack's wrestling integrity when he's the only person voting for Derek Moore. So that's it's always a bonus. A toss up. It's 100% a toss up here. He, he I don't think it. it's just a dominant Kendrick Maple win. Yeah, Tony, yeah, he loves I, th I think throw it's up. a good match. I think it's a good match for this. I mean, Derek Moore was undefeated too. Yeah. Well, Jack loves to throw out that wrestling integrity. Um, you know, that's what he throws at me all the time whenever I pick wrong. And so I throw it right back at him. Okay. But you were saying that Tyler Caldwell was better than Troy Letters. Okay. Once again, I did not say that. That's, the, that, that's what you guys <laughs> came up with. I said that David Taylor would major Troy Letters. And then y'all brought up everything else. So, no, I did not say that. But what did David Taylor say about that? Yeah, match? yeah, my argument kind of collapsed. <laughs> on, so. He we, said uh, he won it. <laughs> yeah, so Tony, we we argued about that for a while. One of these matchups was David Taylor and Troy Letters, and I was the only one that picked a major for David Taylor, and I was so adamant about it. And then uh, you know Jude Swisher that uh, is with us for HMA, he goes to M two, and so he asked David about it, and David was like, "No, there's no way in the world I've major Troy Letters." So. <laughs> my argument collapsed on itself <laughs> i just remember troy letters for the foot sweep heard around the world yep. yeah matt lackey yeah well you know you can't win them all i guess so uh we'll, we'll move on to 149 pounds where we've got jordan oliver of oklahoma state versus gregor gillespie of 
Edinburgh. I was excited to talk about this one. I'm I'm really jacked to hear what you guys got to say about this one because this is a this is a cool matchup. I get to talk a little Jo before he wrestles today. Um, so I'll kick it over to Earl for Jordan Oliver in 2013. Fill us in. All right, this is uh, senior Jordan Oliver, his first year at 149. He went 4-1-2-1 in the quarters. He beats Jake Souflone 11-3, uh, Steve Santos 14-3 in the semis, and Jason Chamberlain 3-2 in the finals. And this was his second undefeated season, and he was 126-6 on his career. Wow. All right, on the other end, Jack, fill us in on Gregor the Gift Gillespie. Yeah, so he was the champ in 07 as the five seed, beating Dan Valamont in the second round, Jordan Lean in the quarters, Dustin Schlater in the semis, and Josh Torella in the finals in what seems to be one of the better runs of all time. Um, and then he was the year before he was seventh, and he beat Phil Simpson to end the round of 12th place. So I don't know about you guys, but that's definitely something that I want to look into in the next, you know, after we get done with this or, or whenever, but some of the, like, best runs to win a championship. And I think I think Gregor really, really is up there, man. I mean, those are some some dudes he beat. Would you say Valamont, Lean, Trilla? Um, Schlater. Schlater. Like, God, was it, is that that's two national champs? Trilla should have – was one of the best to ever win it. I mean, Valamont was a finalist. Good Lord. Uh, but he's got to wrestle Joe. So what are we thinking? We'll, we'll kick it down to our Tar Heel and, and let let us know what's this match going to look like. Dare Man, you pick against is, him? <laughs> this is tough because, like you said, I got a personal relationship with Jordan, but Gregor was freaking explosive. That dude was fast. He could have matched pretty much all the same things Jordan could can do. Um I just remember some of the matches with Gregor and Poeta. Uh, those were some of the two quickest and most explosive people I've ever seen wrestle. Um, and he was extremely good on top, uh, just like Jordan. You know, I think this match is a lot closer than people might uh, expect it to be. I think it's a one-point match. I think if, if I'm not being a homer, and just picking Jordan because the relationship we have, I really think Gregor could get the upset in this one. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'll have to go with Jordan. All right. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll kick it to Earl. Earl, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, Gregor, he had a, just an incredible tilt series, which really, uh, you know, he All-America is a true freshman the year before, and that was kind of a big part of it all. Um, <laughs> I, I just – I have to go with J.O. Um, you know, Gregor's weight class was kind of tougher that year, but, you know, I, I like Oliver better at this point in time. Yeah. Jack. Yeah, I think um, Poeta's explosive, but, I mean, the things that Jordan Oliver's done on a wrestling mat are pretty absurd. So, I don't think that Gregor has ever wrestled anyone like Jordan. So, I'm going to go Jordan Oliver. All right, Seth. Yeah, I'm on board with that. Nobody's beating uh, senior Jordan Oliver out here. That man was good in college. I, I probably, I'm probably a little biased because he was one of my favorite dudes to watch in college. But he was exciting, man. He had so many different ways to score. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with him. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Jo as well. Um, I, but man, out of all these like fantasy matchups that we've talked about, this is really one of the ones I would love to love to see. I'd pay to see this one. Um, but fortunately, it can never happen. So we'll uh, we'll go 157. Derek St. John versus Trent Paulson. Um, and, and get us kicked off and started. Start talking about your coach, Jack. Yeah, so this was Trent's uh, national title. He beat um, four All-Americans en route to the, the championship. He beat Hlushak uh, from Drexel, Zupankic from Stanford. He uh, beat Poeta 4-0 in the semis, and then Craig Henning in the finals. All right. On the other end, Phyllis and Earl. All right, this is uh, Derek St. John's junior year. He was fourth and second the previous two years. Here he beats Josh Demas 4-0 in the quarters, Alex Deeringer 3-2 in tiebreakers in the semis, and Jason Welsh 3-2 in the finals. Uh, he was 31-2 and and third in the Big Ten this year. Man, that, that one over Deeringer is big. Especially, I, I didn't remember it was in tiebreakers. But, uh, don't forget, yeah. he almost pinned Darren Derringer that year too. Yeah, really? I remember that. But in it was duel, freshman Derringer. I think he majored him in the duel. Wow, he messed him up big time. Yeah, he had his number. I think that played into that match later in the year a little bit. Possibly. I don't know. I think freshman Derringer wasn't close to the rest of his career. Yeah, but this whole match, I'm going to be super biased. <laughs> <laughs> Well, start it off for us then. We know it's coming. Well, okay. So I know St. John was really good on, on top, and he, he kind of kept the matches close. But I th would argue to say that Trent, was, one of his best positions is bottom. He gets out. Um, I've tried to ride him in practice, and obviously he's a little bigger, but I can probably ride him for 15 seconds, and then I get reversed to my back. Um, he's really good on his, on his feet, and he's really good on top. Um, if you go back and watch the Poeta match, he – Puts up a ton of riding time. Poeta doesn't score a point in the entire match. And he shuts him down on his feet. I mean, Trent uh, probably should have won the year before uh, getting upset in the quarters. But, I mean, I think he's a lot better than his results show. So, that's just me, though. So, you're going Trent? Oh, going I'm going Trent. Trent for sure. Awesome. Well, I, I'm interested to hear what Tony's got to say because he might be going the other way. <laughs> All right, I, I am going the other way, and I don't know if it's going to – if it's biased or not, um, because when I look at this, the resume of Derek St. John, to me, I always say Derek St. John is the most disrespected national champ ever um, because I've been around him, and I know how tough the dude is, and he was really good on the speed. He was a great scrambler, really good on top. Um, but if you go and look at his career, you know, freshman year, he loses to David Taylor. Um, was it sophomore year, he loses to Kyle Dake. Yeah. Uh, junior on year. On a bum knee. He, he had a bum knee on one leg. Junior year, he wins the title beating Alex Derringer. Um, he's only one of, I think, two or three guys who would ever beat Derringer, and he beat him twice. You know, Derringer never beat him. Um Senior year, I don't count as senior year. That dude was just so far removed. Uh, his, his body was so beat up. And he's still All-Americans. Uh, but junior year, Derek, that was one of the best Derek St. John's I'd ever seen. Uh, 
it's just hard for me to pick against the guy. You know, he, he was one of the toughest, stingiest wrestlers who I think gets some of the, the most disrespect just because he didn't – he had guys like Kyle Dake and David Taylor at his weight class. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I actually texted Trent about it. Because <laughs> I was like, you know, he saw the, he saw the polls. They're kind of getting some steam. And I was like, where, where do you think you're at? Because I'm going to be voting for you, obviously. <laughs> but, like, how would you strategize in this match? He goes he – relied, um, he relied on his defense and his trick knee where he scored most of his points out of transfer to the body um, and relied on <laughs> riding time uh, where you hook the ankle and put uh, your head in the armpit. And he just felt like he could get out. So, I don't know. I feel like it's interesting getting his take on it. I just so wanna... His take was he can get out and I could stall on top. No, he could shut him or he could score on his feet. Yeah. Uh, man. Yeah, I think he, you hit the nail right on the head there, Tony, though. Like, I think he definitely is one of the most disrespected national champs. It's because, I mean, when you have guys like David Taylor and Kyle Dake and all those guys at that weight class that have more of the, like, like sexy wrestling style that everybody likes, you know, they're scoring a lot of points, doing a lot of crazy stuff. Um, he definitely got a little overshadowed by those guys. Um, but, I, man. Don't I, forget, St. John beat David Taylor, too, in freestyle one of those years. True. We'll try to have one over Dake. <laughs> <laughs> well oh man i don't know um i, I god i, I think I, i'm curious to know like i mean he has wins but like how was he in the room like why i i definitely feel like i kind of disrespect Derek st john because when i think of Derek st john i i don't think of him the same way i think of david taylor or cal dake obviously but like, what would you say to, to convince people that he – I mean, you already kind of said it, but, like, more in depth of why – like, how he could be more respected. I don't know. <laughs> that sense. dude – like, when you ask in the room, if, if you got a guy who's going to go down swinging, that's, that's St. John. I, rest, I worked out with St. John a lot, and that – he freaking would come out. Not, I'm not saying he'd fist fight people or that, but that guy would fight tooth and nail – tough SOB, worked his towel off, um, and he was super quiet. You know, he wasn't known for his vocal um, leadership, I guess, more so just his workmanlike attitude. Yeah. Like Unless you were around example. him for a long time, you couldn't get him to open up at all. And I think that's why people don't know much about him is because he is a very quiet and laid-back guy. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in now. So I said, I said Jordan Oliver was one of my favorites. Well, Derek St. John actually was my favorite dude to watch. That's my dad. It was always, it's always pumped to watch him. And he was just so good in every position, man. And I gained a lot of respect the year that he won or he got to the finals on a bum knee. And I think that a lot of people look back and don't give him the respect he deserves because of his senior year. I think that he had a huge play on it, you know, that, he he really didn't put together a great year that year. He was up and down, and he still beat a lot of good guys that year and lost to some too, but he was just solid. He wrestled hard. He wrestled through the whistle every time, and he was just, you know, hands-on guys moving forward constantly, and like I said, just good all around, and I'm going to go Derek St. John for sure in this one. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, you know, I, as I'm thinking about it more and more, I, I'm really thinking of – 
the battle on the feet. Um, and I'm, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm slightly giving the edge to Paulson. So I, I, I'm going to pick Paulson. Uh, what? Gonna, yeah. I did not expect Jacob to lean my way. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's just trying to make Earl make the pick. Exactly. exactly. Well, That's what he's doing. great byproduct of it, but definitely, definitely not why I make. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge Iowa fan, man. So I'm not picking that way. Just, yeah. I mean, I'm picking an <laughs> Iowa State guy here for, for crying out loud. So give me a break. But uh, yeah, hey, I'm going to pick. an Iowa State guy. He is, he is now, uh, but yeah, Earl. Well, yeah, I mean, talking to talking to Iowa guys over the years, you know, uh, St. John is legendary for his toughness, and I think that says a lot coming from the Iowa program. Uh, you know, had so many tough guys. Um, I don't know. I, I think this version of St. John, I think he would have found a way to win. He's a gamer. Um, Give me him and just, you know, close match, 3-2. All right. I like it. Yeah. I, it's just one of the ones I'm not upset where either way. Like, I like them both, and I have a really hard time. Um, so, St. John gets the win, uh, and, and we'll keep moving. 165 pounds, Kyle Dake versus Mark Perry. Um, but we'll we'll get Earl to go first and let uh, – let, Jack, sob and cry, and uh, you know grieve over I'm there. Good. Uh, so Earl, good. tell us, Cal Dick, twenty thirteen. What what are we looking at here? All right, this is a senior Cal Dake, uh, Hodge Trophy winner, fourth NCAA title, four weight classes. In the quarters, he beats Nick Solzer thirteen nothing. Uh, semis Tyler Caldwell two nothing, and then David Tate, Taylor five four in the finals, and. Uh, he finished with a 137 and four record and a 79 match winning streak. Wow. All right. On the other end, uh, Mark Perry, fellow San Jack. Yes. Yeah, so this was Mark Perry's first national title. Um, he was the runner up in 05, uh, beating Tyron Woodley, Troy Letters, and then losing to Johnny Hendricks, third at 174 uh, in 2006 as a three seed, losing to Jake Herbert in the semis and beating Mike Pakistrovich for third. Then he went back down to 65. He was a champ this year, beating Deontay Penn, Mike Patrovich, and then Johnny Hendricks in the finals. So you said he beat Troy Letters, right? So he must be the God's gift to the earth. So I assume you're going with him, right? I think this match is a lot closer than everyone thinks. I, Mark Perry I in agree. 07. Mark Perry in 07 was not walking off that stage without a title. And I've said that over and over again. Yeah, well, I mean, you're such a huge Troy Letters fan, so you have to be picking picking a guy that beat him. Um, no. And Troy Letters battled injuries for the rest of his career after he won his title. So I want to hear it, Jacob. All right, whatever. Um, yeah, pick what you want. But I'm thinking here. Can, I don't think it's just a straight-up oh. date situation. Yeah, it is. You can pick whatever you want. No, it's, it's dude, not. Dude's no, the GOAT, okay? Dude is the goat. All right. I feel it, like what, Jacob's never watched him. Hey, I'll match. jump in. I'll jump in on this one, Mueller. <laughs> and this isn't having my Iowa bias. Mark, like he said, this match will be a lot closer than people think. Mark Perry was another really good guy on top, just like Kyle Dake. He was um, one of the things that people don't know about Mark Perry is that dude is a mastermind when it comes to match strategy, 
uh, film review, breakdown. You know, he puts together some of the best game plans in the world for his athletes. Now you look at a guy like Gilman and why Gilman had so much success. Um, Mark Perry had these great game plans for him that he stuck to and he followed. Um, but on the other end, I've picked against Kyle Dake so many times and every time it's proven wrong. I don't know if I can pick against him anymore. So I, I, I'm going to have to go Dake, even though I do think he'll be really close. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jack, I mean, you could think all you want. Um, I would be more but, excited for this match than the David Taylor match. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but I, I'm going to go with Tony here. Um, it's Kyle Dake. And I think, I mean, I think it's a close match, like you're saying. I, I don't think it's any kind of, you know, beat down or anything. And, and I mean, Kyle Dake also didn't really, wasn't in the habit of really putting a beat down on all these top guys. Um, I mean, go back and watch them all in arrow match. <laughs> all right. Okay. He, he beat down one. some really good guys. No, he did. I, I know, but I'm saying like, <laughs> it's kind of like we talked about Jaden the other day, right? Jaden had a very high bonus rate, but when he hit the, the top of the top guys, he won convincingly, but it wasn't like, it wasn't tech falls and, and pins and majors. It was kind of like, you know, five, six point wins. Um, I think this one's even closer than that. I think Kyle Dake. Gets Dake was more dominant than Jaden. <sighs> All right. All right. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it, uh, I'll go Dake, but I'm just thinking, like, he dominated some really good guys. Like, I still think Dake is one of the best to, to do it. The best, probably, in my mind. No, I, I, I agree. Um, I, Yeah. Okay, so let's get into that then. The the goat, all right. It's it's got to be either Dake or or Kale, right? So that's a totally it, another day, another topic. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it could, uh, all right. Well, I, I guess I've been shut down. So <laughs> Kyle Dake, I'll shut up. Seth. Yeah, I think it's extremely, extremely close, but it's hard to pick about against a four timer. So I got Kyle Dake for sure. Earl. Yeah, I'm on board with Dake as well. You know, good matchup, great match to watch, but uh, he'll pull it out. Yeah, for sure. Usually does. Um, so, Kyle Dake gets the win for 2013, improving the score to 22 to 6 after I change it. Um, and we'll head down to 174 pounds where we have Chris Perry of Oklahoma State versus Ben Funky Askren of the Missouri Tigers. Um, Fill us in on Chris Perry, Earl. All right, so this is junior year Chris Perry. He uh, was third the year before and first here. Uh, he beats Nick Heflin in the quarters 3-2 in tiebreakers. Robert Kokesh 4-2 sudden victory in the semis. Matt Brown 2-1 in tiebreakers in the finals. He was the one seed, and he was 36-2. and two. All right. Um, and on the other end, Ben Askren, Jack. Yeah, so four-time finalist, two-time champ at this point. He beat Gavin in the finals this year. Um, and then the year before, he beat Herbert in the finals. I mean, I don't – like, I feel like we always talk about Ben Askren. Everyone knows Ben Askren. It's Ben Askren. Yeah. Man, <laughs> man's got two hot trophies. Um, he pinned a lot of guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's definitely, it's got to be Ben Askren for me. 
Um, and I, I think out of, we've talked about it before, out of Chris Perry's two national titles, um, I think that he's a different dude in the second one. And, you know, not obviously won a national title this year, so he was extremely good. But um, I don't think this is the best version of Chris, version of Chris Perry. Um, and so I'm definitely going bonus for Ben Askren. Um, and, yeah, I, I'll, go, I'll go major decision for Ben Askren. Earl, what do you think? I'm on board with it. I'm good with it. All right. If you're going major, you got to go pin because that means he's putting him I on feel. his back. And if he puts him on his back, he's pinning him. So I'll, I'll go pin, man. I'll go pin Ben Askren. I'll go pin Ben Askren. The disrespect. Well, the it's disrespect. not disrespectful. He pinned 91 guys. How many That's of those ridiculous. were two-time champs? How many of those were two-time champs? Well, he was a one-time champ at this point. So Yeah, well. And I'm sure he pinned some one-time champs. Yeah, well, also a, a large majority of those pins were also at, you know, the Missouri State Open. or, or Not a majority of them. A lot <laughs> of them. Not a lot of them. You can only wrestle, what, freaking four or five matches there, dude? Dude, he's on, on FRL and, and uh, T-Row and Funky and all these shows talking about how he would go to the smaller tournaments and pad his stats. So don't, don't at me with that, <laughs> right? The dude says it himself. Um, yeah, but they, so you're saying, I mean, yeah, that's maybe 20, 30, padded him a little bit, but at least 60, 60 guys that he still oh, pinned for sure. that weren't. Absolutely. That's the uh, senior year. This is when he pinned like 18 or 19 consecutive guys, and it was between Vegas and the Southern Scuffle. And I think that, I think there was five or six All-Americans in there as well that he pinned. Yeah. Like eventual All-American, something like that. So he pinned yeah. legit dudes. Are you reading off my stats? Yeah, who ended up breaking? All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tony, what do you think about it? Well, I'm going to go with uh, Jack and Seth just to piss you Let's off. Let's go. <laughs> <Piss me> off. <laughs> All right. That's <laughs> getting personal. I think yes, Perry's sir. another tough dude, and Perry, like his brother, is a master game planner. If you go and talk to Perry about his senior year when he beat Howe, he freaking changed his whole style of wrestling and switched to a left leg lead just because he knew how can't couldn't shoot on a left leg. Uh, so Perry's one of those guys who's willing to do crazy things like that and do whatever it takes to win a match, even if it's win by one point. Um, but then on the other hand, you got Askren who's not going to allow that to happen because he's going to put you in some funky positions and he's going to make you have to open up and wrestle and he'll catch you on your back and he, he can pin you. It's Chris Perry. Yeah, that's it. I think that's the biggest thing about – oh, go ahead. No, you're good. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say the thing about Askren is, right, you can practice, try to put yourself in those scramble positions, but at some point you're going to be in a position that you've never been in before, and he's going to take advantage of that. So I think that's where he gets he gets in a position Perry hasn't been in and gets it done. The disrespect, man. I, I'm sticking with it. I, I'm going major decision, but I've been outvoted. Um, so, so Chris, We got to make the duel a little closer. A little closer. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. This is a bloodbath. It really is. This has been bad. <laughs> but it's like some of these matches matches have been toss-ups. Like I would say 41 through 57 was a toss-up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with 25 too. Those could all flip-flop. Yeah. For sure. Um, but a, a pin uh, against my better judgment uh for for ben askren and and we'll get to the last match of the duel which is going to be 184 pounds ed ruth of penn state versus jake herbert of northwestern um and and earl kick it off with ed ruth 
All right, this is junior year Ed Ruth. He was uh, third, first, and then first. He beats in the quarters Josh Einan of Nebraska, 11-1. Steve Bosak, a returning champion, 4-1. And then Robert Hamlin in the finals, 12-4. And he finished the year 33-0 and was on a 68-match winning streak. Yeah. You said which year was this? Junior. Junior. Um, Jack, Jake Herbert. Yeah, so this was uh, Jake Herbert's first national title. Did he win two? Did he yeah. get two? Yep. Um, he was a runner-up in 06, beating Mark Perry in the semis and then losing to Ben Askren in the finals. Um, he was the champ in 07, beating Tyrell Todd in the semis and Jake Varner in the finals. Yeah. So go, looking at this match, I was texting uh, Trent and Travis and, and Garland, and I was like, you know, it's Ruth. Like, next next topic sort of thing and um they trent and travis just lit me up like no way no way look at their freestyle matches like they've wrestled before and i was like it was freestyle like ed ruth was clearly better in folk style and i watched the match i sent it to you guys and jake herbert texts ed ruth with five takedowns um to one and it was 12 to two and it was like legit down block reattack sort of takedowns this is when herbert was getting a little bit older too yeah this was probably 2014 2015 with the sickest bullet there is yeah i mean i'm going herbert just because of that one match um so the thing yeah i guess dominated him yeah i guess you gotta the one thing to look at is is what is what does ruth do to him on top though you know, is, is there a chance he's getting that crazy locked up, getting turned? Yeah, I mean, I but he's wrestled a cradler before in Ben. Did did Ben turn him? Yeah, a lot. Yeah. It was 14 to 2. <laughs> so uh, that match, right before the match, or not right before, but like that, like lunch, evening area, I saw him, or Herbert and his family, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's Jake Herbert. And I was a child, so I got his autograph and a picture. And so I was rooting so hard for Herbert. And then I felt so bad when he lost that match because he just got killed. But, man, it was – yeah, I felt like I had part to play. I thought I threw him off his game or something. <laughs> <laughs> you did. It, it was you lost because of you, Jack. Yeah, that's how I felt. Jake, I was like, Jake I, Herbert. I ruined Jake Herbert's tournament. He's only a two-timer because of Jack Mueller. And, uh, exactly. I cursed but, him. <laughs> um, so did did Askren were any of those turns cradles? I think that's I think they were out of scrambles. Yeah, I knew right off the whistle Herbert shot and they had a real long scramble and Askren ended up catching yeah. his back to go up five nothing pretty early. Herbert talks about it. He's like he gets down real quick and then he just tries to do crazy stuff to catch catch up and then he gets put on his back. He gets taken down and nothing was working. So. Okay, so it was more of like a, you know, getting caught in weird scrambles, giving up back points. Um, and I, I don't see that from a, a match with Ed Ruth, even in folk style. Yeah, I think you definitely have to take into account that the match that we watched was freestyle. I mean, I know he had five takedowns, but, um, you know, it, it was really five other, takedowns to one. 
I mean, I think another big thing to look at is, right, Ed Ruth was his best in college. You're going through, you know, the grind in college, getting prepared, and you're better shape. I think that when Ed Ruth wrestled in freestyle, I don't think he was all in, fully committed to it. I don't think he was probably training at the level he did when he was at Penn State. And I think that also is kind of a factor going into those freestyle matches that they wrestled. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, but Herbert's also, like, nearing 30 at this point. Yeah. So you can't be, he's not in the best shape either. Yeah. He's out of his prime. That I'm Mullet, going with the Mullet two-time the national champ, Ed Ruth, here. Oh, my gosh. Oh Did Lord. you watch the match, Seth? I watched it, dude, and that's why you almost swayed me the other way, but I ain't falling He took him it, down dude. five times. Whatever, <laughs> five. man. He, Ed Ruth wasn't in his prime. He looked like crap, and I'm going Ed he Ruth. He was in the finals of the World Team years. Trials. No, nah, he wasn't in his prime, dude. Oh, hey, my hey, goodness. Hey, Jack. There's no way. Jack, what style are we wrestling here? It's folk style, but you can make an argument that Jake Herbert was better at folk I'm style, pretend- too. I'm pretending I didn't even see that match, dude. That's dumb. <laughs> that is dumb. They this is really 2013 Ed Ruth. That match had not happened yet. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So- it would be worse if it had happened. <laughs> That I'm not uh, Ed Ruth. Oh no, it's Herbert here. Jacob's gonna choose Ed Ruth because I'm getting fired up now. Oh hell yeah, <laughs> I am. Let's go, Ed Ruth. Ed Ruth. It's Herbert here. All right. Oh my goodness. And I, I'm I'm gonna pile on with what Seth said. Um, Ed, like we even heard from people that were on the show, like um, Ed was kind of up and down with his like, I guess, commitment to wrestling. Like, that first year, apparently, he wasn't, like, fully locked in and, and wasn't really all into it. And then he really locked in and, and was was motivated and, and destroyed everybody. And then I think the same thing happened with that his freestyle career after. He just kind of wasn't all into it and, and wasn't wasn't the same guy. Right? And so, we get, you know, if we're talking freestyle careers, oh, every day of the week, it's, it's Jake Herbert. But we're talking about these dudes. He didn't even out-freestyle him. He just took him down five times. I, Again, he stopped his misdirection and he spun behind him. Two different guys, absolutely two different Ed Ruths. Okay, Ed Ruth in college was a phenom, one of the best to do it, man. I mean, he was insane. Um, and I just think you know, prime Ed Ruth in college, there's not many dudes that I'm picking over him. Uh, would you would you choose Gabe Dean over him? Huh? No. Well, Okay, would you choose Gabe Dean over <laughs> Jake Herbert? Yeah, no. yeah, that was not a good that was not a good comparison there. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. That was awful, Jack. Why? Transitive property definitely applies here. You, he just said that he doesn't he wouldn't pick Dean over either of them, so Yeah. No. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't pick Dean over either of them. Now see, this is how Jack, Jack's getting nervous here. He's just throwing random things out to try to prove it. Dude. It's Herbert here. We watched the match. It was five takedowns to one. We watched, we watched a freestyle match multiple it was years a, later. Folks, it was with folk a, style wrestling. With a half-hearted Ed Ruth. Dude and was not all the 30-year-old Jake Herbert that had been living in the mountains. <laughs> hey. Whatever. When Ed Ruth zoned in and wanted to get it done, he got it done. I want to hear Earl and Tony's. In a dominating fashion. <laughs> all right. Tony, oh what do you gosh. think? dominating i want to be i want to pick last because i was right. on the team with both of them and i've been I, I have my opinions on this one sweet all right <laughs> earl oh boy right, so, so so before we started um 
before we started recording, at least, I said how I think that Herbert's one of those guys that gets overlooked about how good he was uh, during his time. And, you know, he was in that weight class with Askren the year before. And, you know, people see him getting majored in the finals and kind of make assumptions about that. But, you know, Herbert was legit. And uh, I'm going with him here. Yeah. There we go. Leave it to Tony. <laughs> Best. Um, All right. Made a wrong choice, but excited for what this is gonna gonna bring. There's there's two guys on this list that I feel are some of the most disrespected national champs ever, and one of them was Derek St. John. The other one is Ed Ruth. Um, I will go on record to personally say he's the best Penn State wrestler ever, even out of the group Whoa. he was with. Um, that dude was so freaking good. And in 2014, when he came and we both made the team together that year, um, I got pretty close with him. We spent a lot of time together. And I can tell you guys uh, that I know in 15, he had no care to even be there to wrestle. Um, and that's when Herbert made his comeback when he was gone for two years. Uh, or it was either two or four years when Herbert took that break. Mm -hmm. When Herbert like came that. back, that was one of the best Herberts I've ever seen. So I think that's when – you, you go and look at that match, you got an Ed Ruth who's on a big down climb, and you got a Herbert who's refreshed, re-energized his body's, you know, healed back up, and he's ready to go. Um, so I, I have to throw that match totally out the window. I can't take that results for what it's worth. Because um, Ed Ruth in college, that dude was one of the best to ever do it. And like I said, I think he was even better some of the guys that, that were on his team. Um, so I'm picking Ed Ruth. Heck yeah. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Take that. Jack and Earl always picking the okay, same. Okay, but Tony guy. is the only one to put real evidence forth and say something. Is that, that similar to what I said? He said the same thing we said. More details. He had the behind-the-scenes look at You were assuming that he just yeah. didn't like wrestling at that point. Oh, okay. Ed Ruth Dude. wanted to go into MMA so bad after 14. He was – already making his transition when we're at training camps he was focusing on really you know a lot of his fighting stuff um it, it was just a totally different mentality for him then yeah i mean we had david david taylor on and that's what he said at one point we talked about it it was just that you know he kind of wasn't all david in taylor after. beat up on uh yeah, because I, I think David him. Taylor even said that Ruth would Ruth would well. He, David Taylor teched him in freestyle, but he said that Ruth would kill him in the room like big time. And I think that yeah. it's the same case where where it was when Ruth it, Ruth just didn't 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 seem to be all in in some of his freestyle stuff. And like uh, there wasn't a lot of money in it at the time as much as there is now. And I think that he was more focused on figuring out how he was going to make a career out of combat sports. Yeah. And I 100% yeah. agree with you, Tony, when you said that you think he might be the best Penn State guy. Um, when I was, you know, FRL did their, like, list of five or whatever, and, like, he was definitely top two for me. Um, and What was their top five? I'm pretty sure. They all did different people. Um, but, I mean, most of them ended with David Taylor at the one and Zane at the two. Most if of If you them. don't have David and really? Edwards one and two, then I don't – your list makes no sense. <laughs> For sure. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Ruth had over a ninety percent bonus point rate is to his junior and senior year, which is insane. Yeah, absolutely. But 
we uh we have come down to the end of this one and ed ruth takes the win um giving uh, the the 2013 team a 25 to 12 you guys pick on jack a lot during this no they usually (laughs) suck on me jacob does um they usually pick on me so i guess you just get on whatever i pick they pick the opposite absolutely i'm pretty sure every time every time uh Every time Jack loses a matchup, Jacob asks me if he's crying. So, yes, that's, that's probably true. <laughs> that happened. That happened. I got to make sure he's doing it right. Jack's got a little Tar Heel blood in him. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> uh, huh, Jack, I, I picked Trent. So, I, I picked with you on several of them. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up for us, guys. Um, the number two team, 2013, is going to move on. Uh, to the the semifinals and in our next episode we're going to figure out who it is that they'll face Um, our last quarterfinal is going to be 2004 versus 2019 so one of those two teams is going to advance and face this 2013 team um, and we'll have our our semifinals set but thank you tony for coming on today we really appreciate it man no thank you guys yeah thanks tony thanks all right well That's it for us from the HMA team signing off. Thanks for coming on, guys. See you next time.